From the outside looking in, it can sometimes appear that peak performers have an elusive talent or skill that sets them apart from the rest of us. However, what usually sets peak performers apart isn't what they can do, it's what they will do. You are listening to the Trading Edges podcast, the podcast dedicated to seeking and sharing the best ideas and principles from peak performers across all domains of performance and achievement to help you discover your full trading potential. Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Houston and welcome to episode 31 of Trading Edges. First and foremost, Happy New Year. I want to begin by wishing everyone a Happy New Year. May this year bring you peace, joy, health and prosperity. And secondly, I want to thank you all for tuning into this podcast and for just for all the positive feedback, stories and support. This podcast is truly a labor of love, and I'm grateful that many of you have found the guests and the podcast to be inspiring and empowering. That's just, this is why I do it. Now, in this week's episode, we're going to be going over a topic that I'm deeply passionate about, and that is cultivating peak performance in your trading. And in this show, I'm going to share the lifestyle and learning strategies, the psychological states and traits, as well as motivational processes that I've found that top traders embody. I've covered this through my own research and experience on peak performance, as well as just based on the dozens of interviews I've done for the podcast, through my meetup group, and with the traders that I've worked with. Now, for this episode, I've also recorded a video presentation with slides to go along with the show. So if you'd like to see the video and slides, then head over to thetradingedge.org backslash episode 31. Again, thetradingedge.org backslash episode 31. Now, before we get started, I wanted to let you know that at the end of last year, I finally rolled out my latest development program called The Keys to Your Trading Business, which goes into everything it takes to create a successful trading business. Now, most traders focus on just trading, and they miss out on this whole other aspect, and that is they neglect to run their trading operations as a business. So if you're truly interested in trading for a living and not simply as a hobby, then you need to begin to think of your trading as a business and structuring it as such, right? So the program includes how to structure that tra- uh, that profitable trading operation. That is creating a business plan and a trading plan. Yes, a business plan, not just a trading plan. The key elements around creating the right mindset around you know your business, how to create lasting behavioral change so that you do what you have in your plans, the tools, the resources, the routines that are required for a successful trading business, as well as some of the resources like setups that I use every day. I show you, if you struggle to put all of these pieces together, this will shortcut your journey and save you thousands of dollars. But more importantly, it'll shave off hundreds or thousands of hours which you can't make back. You can always make the money, but you can't make back the time. So if you're interested in learning more about the program, head on over to thetradingedge.org backslash go. Again, thetradingedge.org backslash go. 
And as listeners of the Trading Edges podcast, I wanted to give you all an opportunity to shortcut your trading success. So what we're going to do here is if you leave us a review on iTunes, we're going to go ahead and provide one lucky person with a free copy of the program with one free month of one-on-one coach with me to teach you, you know, all the ins and outs of structuring that that business, how to, you know, consistently extract money from the markets and to build that trading operation you've always wanted. So head on over to iTunes, and after we hit 50 reviews, that's 5-0, we'll go ahead and pick one lucky person that will win that program as well as that one-on-one coaching, which will be in value of excess of $1,000. So once again, if you're interested in learning more about the program, head on over to thetradingedge.org backslash go. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to this presentation titled cultivating peak performance in your trading and this is actually a discourse based and inspired on by a dissertation by dr. Tricia Cardner as well as the dozens of traders that I've interviewed spoken with and worked with along with my own personal research and experience and so in this presentation what we're gonna do is or rather this discourse we're going to talk about the lifestyle and learning strategies the psychological states and traits as well as motivational processes that peak traders embody these are the things that peak traders either do or the habits or traits that they embody that allow them to sustain performance for long periods of time that is to achieve consistently consistently uh, profitably as well as just running at a high level so if we take a look at the performance framework and basically all kind of the, the traits and processes and, and strategies that, uh, that these uh, peak traders that I see uh, embody, you can kind of bucket it up in five categories. And I've listed them as follows. You have lifestyle strategies. Then we have learning strategies. We have psychological st- uh, states. Then we have psychological traits and then motivational processes. So what we're going to do in this discourse is that I've identified a number of key, as I mentioned before, routines, habits, traits, strategies, principles in each one of these buckets. And I'm going to try to highlight the most uh, ones that I think resonate the most, the ones that are the most pertinent, um, so that you can begin to reflect in your own life, right? So as I go through some of these strategies, states, traits, and so forth, reflect on your own trading, uh, your own lifestyle, the way you learn. Where do you fall in that spectrum You know, of some of these traits? Do you embody them well, or is there work to be done there? And if you have work to do, you know, what small steps can you begin to take to begin to, again, embody or develop some of these skills? Again, if you're already performing at a high level in some of these areas, then you'll have that, that box checked off already. So what can you do to begin to, again, maintain that, that, uh, that skill and, and then keep it honed at that high level? Okay, so we're going to go through each one of these categories one by one and then go through the most pertinent uh, principles and, uh, and processes in each one of these uh, and traits as, uh, as well as traits in each one of these categories. Let's first start off with lifestyle strategies. So one of the most important lifestyle strategies as it pertains to trading is first the ability to pace oneself. I think I see you know, all too common in trading, is, especially with new traders, is that you know, they come in fast and they also fizzle out fast. And this is because, 
what we need to realize early on is that trading is a journey. It's not a destination. There isn't some sort of finish line where you're done, right? Whether that's a monetary finish line or, you know, a qualitative finish line where you achieve a certain level of status that you're finished, right? Because there's always higher levels in trading. You can always try to make more money. You can always try to become more efficient. You can always try to become a better trader. Um, and that's, you know, there are many degrees to that. So there isn't any sort of finish line. We can simply, you know, clap your hands and, and you know, and, and say, I'm finished here. And so the key is that we need to basically pace yourself and think of trading more as a marathon versus a sprint and to approach trading as such. That means we're not going to try to burn the candle from both ends for too long of a period of time. Yes, there are times where you have to work in sprints, but we're not going to try to think of trading as one long sprint. Because at the end of the day, I think the, the metaphor that helps best is that trading isn't a hustle, right? I like to think of trading more as, as growing a long-term business. If you were to think about this analogy of maybe opening up a restaurant, would you try to jam in a restaurant and have it, uh, you know, have a restaurant built out in the, in the course of, you know, four, four weeks or eight months or a quarter? Of course not. If you were to open a restaurant, you'd have long-term plans. You'd have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan versus this idea uh, that I see a lot of traders have is to try to make a quick buck versus the slow bucks approach, the slow and long-term money approach. And this means becoming more selective, right? It means being more selective about your activities, but being more selective about your how you invest your energy, where you invest yourself, where you invest your money. All right? So the next key uh, trait is to have proper life balance. And it's very common to see too many traders, they over-identify themselves as traders. Uh, that is, they don't have the proper life balance. That, you know, you see too many traders, they trade to live and they don't live to trade. They find all their meaning in trading and their lives outside of trading are shambles. Right? They've given everything up, they've sacrificed everything, and if and when they do ultimately reach some trading success, they've left you know, a, a broken life behind. And so the counterpoint to this is to have a rich life outside of trading because that rich life will actually support your trading for the long term. So having this life outside of trading allows you to you know, prevent things like burnout when you have the social support when you have the mental support, the, uh, the community, the family ties, all these things allow um, you to live and work in balance. And that means your trading doesn't bleed into your life. And likewise and vice versa, your life doesn't bleed into your trading because both those things are, are harmful. That, you know, that duality is harmful. So having that, that strong polarity and having that strong balance is important. Let's talk about the next trait, and that's physical fitness. We just talked about it in, in passing in the previous, uh, previous um, points there. But physical fitness is so important, not only because, of course, you know, physical fitness allows you to, to maintain a strong body so that you know, you're able to, to work for the long term, so you don't want to be a sickly person who you know, has poor levels of energy and is unable to maintain focus for very long periods of time because they're physically, you're physically sagging. But, and I think we all get that, but key to physical fitness is this benefit or this side benefit of stress reduction. 
So I think most of us have that have this that understanding down intuitively. You know, there's no you know, nothing that feels better sometimes than you know if you feel stressed out is then to work out, right? To go to go for a quick run, to you know to hit the gym. Sometimes that's the hardest time to go. Right, is when you're stressed out. But that's sometimes the best time to go. So stress reduction, you know, is certainly something not to be underplayed, right? It's very, very important in terms of the life of the trader, how you manage your stress. You just can't just let that accumulate over time. We'll talk more about this later on in some of the psychological processes. But having an outlet for that stress, a physical outlet, because stress is physical, it's not just mental. There are physical ramifications to stress. You need to be able to work that off. Now, the third big benefit of physical fitness is the ability for it to actually improve learning. And so trading being a mental game, right? We can think of exercise like miracle grow or fertilizer for your brain. There's been a lot of great research now where that shows, you know, with proper levels of exercise, there's a cascade of neurotransmitters that, that trigger when you do exercise that basically as a catalyst for this thing called neurogenesis, which is the ability to basically create new brain cells. You know, if you want to be active, like physically, uh, mentally active, and have, you know, um, be sharp for the long run, we need to be thinking about these things. Things like BD BDNF, IGF-1, VEGF, FGF-2. These are all things that are triggered when we do physical exercise. There's a great book by Dr. John, John Rady called Spark. I really highly recommend that if you, you want to dig into the sort of the neuroscience around exercise and the benefits to your brain when you do physical exercise. And there's just so much literature, literature around that now that really, if you're really serious about training for the long term and having sharp mental acuity, you need to be thinking about physical exercise. Now, it doesn't have to be heavy weightlifting, but you know, it's, it's, you need to have moderate bouts of anaerobic exercise as well as aerobic exercise to to create this sort of uh, trigger in neurogenesis. So I highly recommend that book if you want to learn more. Nextly is active rest and recovery, which is kind of the um, you know the f the other side of that coin in terms of uh, uh, physical exercise. We need to have active rest and recovery. And here's you know this is a picture of a candle burning from both ends. Right, and you see too many traders do this. You know, they, they pound coffee back morning to night, right? Trying to trade all hours of the day of the day or trying to just stare at the screens all day long without proper active rest and recovery. And so active rest and recovery can mean a number of things, right? For a lot of people, this could be something as simple as taking the proper breaks during the trading day. Right? So getting up every thirty minutes, every hour and walking a bit. Maybe taking your lunch hour to walk around uh, the block, um, to walk walk around your you know in your neighborhood instead of sitting at the screens and eating lunch all day there, right? So creating the time for for that to happen, or it could be something like yoga, surfing, biking, walking, whatever it may be for you. It should be something that's active and not just you sitting on the TV and watching YouTube and t and, and television videos, right? It's something that's going to allow your brain to relax and your body to to open up and begin to recover, to get into that kind of sympathetic state where you know, you're know you not in that constant you know fight, flight, freeze uh, state. And the other part of, of active rest and recovery is you know, simply mindfulness. You know, two thirds of all the traders I, I've interviewed uh, for the podcast actively meditate. And so you know, there's so much to be said about having a 
calm mind, right? And this allows you to, when you have that calm mind, it allows you to also begin to reduce that uh, that parasympathetic response or that fight flight freeze response and to begin to trigger that kind of sympathetic response to begin to uh, you know rest and recuperate all right so let's now talk about um, different learning strategies so the first learning strategy that's really important as it pertains to trading and we're again we're shifting we're shifting um, gears here from lifestyle strategies that we just talked about to learning strategies and the first learning strategy I want to share with you is this idea of immersion all you know, most traders that I talk to are deeply immersed in trading that means even though they're not they may not be you may not be trading every single minute of the day the best traders I know are in tune with the markets and the only way you can be in tune with the markets is to immerse yourself right you see it's very common where you know it only takes several days to get disconnected from the markets right if you ever gone on vacation and you come back and you've kind of lost that edge you've lost your feel that's because you you, you weren't immersed you know you didn't have to be trading every single tick every single minute of the day but not being immersed is one thing and then the second part of it is um, you know physically constantly thinking about their game Right, so thinking about the markets, but also thinking about you as a trader and how you're trading the markets. You know, and I love this quote from this great movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a movie called uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi," and the, and the quote goes, "You must immerse yourself in your work. You have to fall in love with your work. You must dedicate your life to mastering your skill, and that's the secret of success." And that's from uh, Chef Jiro from that fantastic movie, Jiro Dreams of Sushi." If you haven't seen that movie, pick it up. You know, it's a real eye-opener. If you ever wanted to see what, you know, real skill development looks like, what it takes to become a, a true master, then, you know, look at Chef Jiro. He's one of the, he is, in fact, the, you know, the best sushi chef in Tokyo, which is basically to say the world. Um, and that's saying a lot, right? So, you know, you'll see some of his apprentices. Some of these apprentices for the first several years of the career, like the first three to five years, all they do is cook rice. You know, you think about that, right? All you're doing eight, ten hours a day at the restaurant is learning how to cook rice. So how good of a rice cooker do you, would you think you'd, you'd be after three to five years of just creating rice every day, making rice every day? And that's because they're immersed in it, just, like, just, as, just as we need to be as traders. That means we're constantly thinking about our game and reviewing, actively discussing with other traders other colleagues uh, about the markets and our trading that's how you become immersed now for some of you it's easy you know we we, we work on trading floors and you know we have the ability to bounce these uh, ideas back and forth with other other traders but for those who you know who work alone then you have to find um, you know those outlets to allow you to to have that social support because that really really uh, allows you to, to go a lot deeper versus just uh, you know sharing a post on a on maybe on a forum somewhere and, and having a few comments okay the next one is deliberate practice and I actually just did a webinar on this um, about a month ago a little uh, less than a month ago um, I did a a webinar on deliberate practice and I'm sharing a quote here that I often share and this is from the Navy SEALs under pressure you don't rise to the occasion you sink to the level of your training. That's why we train so hard. Because unlike the common misconception that 
you know, people rise to the occasion, the Navy SEALs know that we don't rise to the occasion. We rise or we basically drop to our lowest level of training. And so guess what? If you haven't um, developed your skill to a high level, you can only perform as, as well as your, you know, your highest trained skill. Because in times of stress and duress, in technical parlance, kind of neuroscience parlance, your prefrontal cortex, that rational part of your brain that keeps a lot of ideas, judgments, inner thinking, uh, deeper thinking, that actually turns off in, in, in times of fight, flight, or, or, or flee. And so all these good intentions and all these plans that you may have had for your trading, that disappears when you actually um, get stressed. And this is why it's so important to have this idea of deliberate practice because you only can perform at your highest level of competence. And in that webinar that I spoke about a few moments ago, you know, I went through this adult learning model, otherwise known as the conscious competence model. And I recommend going back to that particular webinar. So you can find that on my on my blog or on YouTube. Um, you know, but I spent a good deal of time talking about the the four um, quadrants in terms of that conscious competence model being unconscious incompetence conscious incompetence conscious competence and unconscious competence and why there's a myth that simply you know practicing is enough you often hear that you know there's, there, there's a saying that says you know practice makes perfect but you know all the literature all the research says that's not true what's actually true is that perfect Practice makes perfect. And it's not even so much the hours. And, you know, I, I talked about this as well in that webinar. It, there is no 10,000-hour rule. That's a myth. Um, it doesn't take that long necessarily to develop a skill. It could take that much time to develop mastery in a particular domain. But even then, the 10,000-hour number is completely arbitrary. And I highly recommend you check out that webinar if you want to hear my discourse around that. Okay, but if you were to dissect your trading and you know to, to overlay your all your skills on this quadrant here on this framework called the conscious competence model where do your skills sit on this quadrant you know if you have a lot of skills where you're consciously competent that means you actually actually have to actively work on that skill to get through it then as I mentioned already guess what when you get stressed out that quadrant, the top or you know, the bottom right hand quadrant, goes offline. You you cannot physically access those skills in that quadrant when you're really stressed out. And this is why I see so many traders who have really good intentions, they have great plans, but they physically do not have the capacity to actually enact on those plans because they haven't spent the time to actually um, deliberately practice those skills to enact the right behaviors in their trading. I'll leave it at that. Next, mentors. Okay, so mentor is such an important um, um, uh, um, facility to have. I see so many trades that I've spoken to, the ones who, who, who grew really quickly, or who, who developed really quickly, rather, who were able to, to find you know, um, um, depth in their training and success in their training. It came because they had mentors, or at least colleagues, who were able to point them in the direction, right direction. So having mentors can really shortcut your success versus simply, you know, failing forward and, and learning by all your own failures. 
that's certainly a way of succeeding, but it just takes a long, long time, right? Because you're trying to learn from your own failures when having a mentor that person can easily direct you and say, you know, don't bump your head into this wall. You don't have to do it that way, right? So if you can learn the lessons from others, you don't necessarily need to learn the lesson for yourself. The other really powerful part about having good mentors is the ability for a mentor to model something for you, right? So mentors and you know some of the best mentors I've had, they've helped me see things when I didn't even realize they were possible, right? So literally, it was at a whole um, you know part that I didn't think was even possible until someone showed me. Yes, you can make money trading this way, or yes, you can tr- you know manage a trade this way, or you know have you thought about doing it this way, and you know, you know that can just be so enlightening sometimes when you have that person giving you that right level of inspiration at the right time, right? That can really shift you markedly in your progression. As well, you know, once you have a good model, it's very easy to begin to, you know, during the during your trading or during whatever you're doing in terms of how you enact your trades, asking yourself a key decision points. What would this person do? Right? So, you know, your, your mentor, whoever you believe to be, whoever you have as a, uh, as a, as a role model or, as, or someone who can support you, who you know is a skilled and, and someone you look up to, what would this person do in this situation? So the markets are, you know, crashing down. Would this person give up? Would they, you know, um, leave their position open and with no stops in it? You know, what would this person do? Right? And to begin to act more like that, uh, that mentor. And nextly is continuous learning. Okay, we've kind of touched on this already at a high level, but you know, I'll leave you this one saying, you know, the greatest predictor of long-term success is learning and improving every day. That is, we need to incorporate, and you know, the best traders I know have great feedback loops to help themselves find out where they they can improve, right? Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And because the markets are constantly changing, the participants are constantly changing, it's getting more and more competitive. And so once again, you know, we have to stay sharp, and that is we have to have the right feedback loops in place so that we're constantly developing ourselves. Because this, again, is not a game or a journey um, the way there's an endpoint. As I mentioned in the beginning, it's not a destination. And as soon as you think you have arrived, Guess what? You stopped learning, right? All the traders that uh, that I've seen who believed that they were quote unquote good enough, well, several years later, if they didn't start, you know, learning again and getting better, they went out of business. So if you stop learning, you stop earning. And again, this is a I think a point that I'll leave uh, leave with you there. All right. The next one is, and the last one in this particular category is the ability to have cognitive flexibility and adaptability. Okay, and here's a quote by Sir John Templeton. He says, bull markets are born of pessimism, grow on skepticism, mature on optimism, and die on euphoria. And you know, the best traders that I've seen, you know, they can have strong opinions, but they're weakly held, right? That means they're not dogmatic about their opinions. They're able to, you know, have that cognitive flexibility 
and change when they need to change. They don't go down the ship, right? They don't try to be martyrs and stick to their uh, opinions. So, you know, at the end of the day, the markets are what's right, right? Price is what matters. Price is what pays, as the saying goes. So think about it. You know, how many people missed out on that huge bull market that started right after, you know, the market crash of 2008-2009? You know, when we crashed down to, you know, the 6-6 level on, on the ES, many people thought it was going to go a lot lower. And they didn't believe, no one believed in the rally that ensued from that from that kind of V turn up from that bounce. And in fact, to this day, you know, it's 2017, you know, this rally that started since 2009 is probably the most hated on rally of all time because most people didn't have the adaptability, the flexibility to change their opinion about that, you know, that the market had now changed. It was no longer a bear market anymore. We were now in a bull market. So, yes, drop dogma. Let's talk about psychological states now. Okay, and here are some of psychological states that uh, peak traders and you know the peak performers um, embody. First off is self-confidence. This is probably one of the most important um, states for a tr for a trader, right? And you know we and sometimes self-confidence can feel like you know kind of riding on this unicycle that I have in front of us here. And you know if you ever try to ride on a unicycle, you know it's hard to keep your balance. And sometimes what you, that's what you see in trading. You see a lot of traders, you know, their their confidence is all over the place. Sometimes they have, you know, really high highs, and then the, sometimes the lows are really low. And the problem is that, you know, it, there isn't some sort of optimal level of confidence. I think uh, what's better to have is to have a stable level of confidence, right? So there there isn't one set point that we're trying. You should be aiming for. I think most really good traders have built stability in their confidence so that the variance between those peaks and valleys are a lot smaller versus newer traders or traders who who are struggling their confidence is all over the place and unfortunately unstable confidence is usually based on a few things number one if you have unstable confidence or that's you know if, I'm, if, if this resonates with you if you have issues with confidence i'll just share a, a couple of things in my belief if you have issues with confidence it's probably because you have two things going on number one you have a mental gap in the way you perceive your skill level and reality so you may think you're a lot better or worse than what you really are and versus the actual results you're getting and number two and because it's what's probably happening is that you're attaching your confidence to short-term results you may or may not yet have a long-term history of results so every single trade or you know every um multiple of trades has an over um uh you're overweighing the the um impact of those short-term results so at the end of the day the way you begin to achieve, achieve stable confidence is a little beyond the time we have here to talk about this topic in depth but in my belief it's kind of based around these three ideas number one you have to have trust in yourself you can't have confidence without trust so if you don't trust in yourself how can you be confident in your trading? Like if you don't trust your behaviors, what you're going to do, what you're capable of doing, then it's going to be very difficult to have stable confidence. Trust can only be achieved once you've created a bit of a track record for yourself. You have trust in your system. You have trust in you know your behaviors and how you're going to act. Second is belief. You need to have belief in what you're capable of. Right. So yes, you're going to have ups and downs, but do you have the belief that you can actually pick yourself up 
and pull yourself up again if you fall down. If you blow up an account, do you have the belief you can make it back again? These are things that to, that uh, relate to belief. And finally, is faith, right? So, what kind of faith do you have in yourself? Not just the belief, but the faith that you know if the worst comes true, do you have the ability to actually um, to withstand that? Do you believe that you know this is that you're, you're committed enough, and you believe that you know this this is in fact the endeavor that you've you've chosen? Right, and then with those three things, you can build a really strong uh, base of confidence. Let's move on now. Let's talk about emotional regulation. All right, so this is kind of a deep topic, but unfortunately, you know, we're we're kind of going long. Um, so I'm gonna only touch on a couple of points here as it pertains to emotional regulation. We all know in trading that it's important to manage our emotions. That there's no um, question about that. Again, some of the best traders are the ones who are not overly emotional. They don't work like robots necessarily, but they have strong abilities to um, uh, to regulate their emotions. Some of that regulation has to do with you know their ability to to manage their highs and lows. Some of that's their ability to you know to physically calm themselves. Um, you know they have various practices they may use to physically calm themselves during the trade or after the trading day's over through either you know meditation or physical fitness or some some other things. Um, and the other part is just having the ability to to manage accumulated emotion. That means they don't let that emotion build day by day by day by day. Right? And that's where things get dicey if you leave emotions unchecked. A lot of traders, they don't do the work, they don't have the habits in place, the mindset in place to release that emotional, uh, those emotions um, day by day. And you know, it's basically like accumulating baggage, right? So it's, uh, it's emotional baggage. And if you don't actively have the mindset, the processes um, to release some of that emotional baggage, you will carry that forward. And eventually it's gonna be like, you know, um, like a cork popping and you know, you, you end up, you know, blowing up on a counter or behaving in ways that you don't want to behave. And so the best traders, those peak traders, they have methods, processes, whatever you want to call them, um, routines in place that allow them to uh, uh, manage your uh, emotions during the trading day, but also so they don't carry them forward. Nextly, the skill of being focused. So, being focused is such an important part of trading, right? And, and I think key to understanding focus is the ability to actually have stable, um, um, stable focus, and the ability to have uh, the ability to also be able to concentrate. So, if you have poor uh, stability around focus. Then you know you're gonna be bouncing everywhere, right? You have distractions all all in your trading room. Then you're you just not focus on the right thing at the right times, and so that's impairing your impairing your decision making. Likewise, if you have poor concentration, then you just can't concentrate for long periods of time, um, and you just won't be able to um, st stick with it when it requires you to have some discipline around what you need to be paying attention to. So if we, if we actually drill into a little bit further as it pertains to concentration, it's actually quite uh, nuanced. And I think it's important just to bring it up quickly. And this is from a book called The Foundations of Sport and Exercise Psychology by Weinberg and, uh, and Gould. Great book. But there's four key factors around sort of uh, focus and concentration. Number one is selective focus. That means, you know, what am I choosing to focus on? 
and having the right things I need to be focusing on. Number two is maintaining that attentional control. That's the concentration part we talked about, right? So how long can I maintain that attentional control for? Is it, you know, am I, am I just jumping back and forth and, and uh, because I'm so distracted or I just don't have the strong disciplined mind to, to pay attention to things for a long period of time? Thirdly, situational awareness. So that is, can I see, uh, you know, do I know what I need to be focusing on, right? Um, and seeing things in, the, in their bigger context. And finally, be the ability to shift attentional focus. That is to zoom in, zoom out. Forced trees, you know, forced trees. And having that skill of being able to zoom in, zoom out at the right times, right? I see a lot of new traders especially, you know, they overweight the small, uh, you know, uh, time frames. So, you know, they may, may might be an intraday trader and they're spending all their time looking at the two-minute chart uh, and they're missing the bigger pictures on, you know, the, the 10, 15, 30-minute chart. They're not seeing the bigger picture, so they have very little context in terms of, of their trades. And so, again, put all these together and that creates that strong um, focus. Okay, moving forward. Ego management. Okay, and this is such an important one as it pertains to our, our psychological well-being. Is how you main, how are you managing your ego? And I know it's really easy as traders, right? I, you know, I think all of us have been there where after you made some good trades, it's really easy to feel like the king of the world. But guess what? You know, when you have that large variance in your ego, that's really you're really sowing the seeds for your own misfortune down the line, right? So the key thing here is, and you see you see the most successful traders in the world, they're very humble. They know exactly who they are. They're not like this kitten, this picture here, you have a kitten looking in the mirror, and looks like a lion staring back. They don't see that, right? They have a really good understanding of who they are, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and they're comfortable with those things. Right? They don't think there's something else. And so learn to be humble. Learn to accept who you are and, and what you what you bring to the game. And at the same time, you gotta be learn to be grateful. So whether you you know you lost a bit today, made a bit today, made a lot today, lost a lot today, still learning to be grateful um, really allows you to come from that place of humility, even when you're on a really, really, you know, uh, big upswing. You know, just being grateful for the small things, um, it allows you to keep that ego in check. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, psychological traits. This is the um, the final category. Uh, sorry, uh, the second final category. And the first uh, uh, set of traits that I've decided to choose here is even temperament. You know, so this is such an important trait to possess. Is uh, is is uh, one where. Your highs are not too high, as we talked about before, and your lows are near lows are not too low, right? Because I think you know one of the most salient things I ever heard from a trader is, you know, you know, if you know if you're this excited when you're up, how are you gonna feel when you're down? So if your highs are really high and it's like you're riding a roller coaster, I'm pretty sure your lows are very low as well when you're when you're not making money. And so the key thing there is to begin to have that even temperament to begin to reduce that variance between those two spectrums. Nextly, resilience, right? How do you bounce back from challenges? Because trading is ultimately a loser's game. And that is the trader who manages losing the best wins. 
It's not about you know the most winners and the and how much money you make on your winners. It's how are you handling your losers? How do you handle discomfort in trading? Trading is all about you know about managing discomfort, and how good at you are getting up after getting knocked down. And so the best traders are those who are the most resilient. Thirdly, being just analytically oriented. This is a really powerful. You know, very useful skill to have or trait to have in trading, because trading is ultimately a probabilities game, right? So once you understand that, you sense it's all about math. Um, so if you're, you know, if that's not your strong suit, then what can you begin to do to begin to take some material steps to be to becoming more analytically oriented? Whether that's you know, perhaps brushing up on your calculate, or you know, your 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 uh, simple arithmetic skills. Or even further, you know, can you begin to develop yourself around, you know, learning new software uh, scripts, uh, scripting languages, or new or new uh, development languages, so that you can, you know, begin to to join some of the uh, the newer ranks of trading around building algos. Okay, and that's ultimately the future. So this game is not changing. In fact, the traders who are succeeding the most now are the ones who are most analytically oriented, but also have that balance in terms of emotions. Nextly, self-discipline, right? And this is kind of a, um, you know, a, a paradox. But as Aristotle says, through discipline comes freedom. And I love that quote. If you think about that for, for a moment, you can ponder that. Through discipline comes freedom. A lot of us approach, you know, come to trading thinking that's the wild west, and we can build anything we want in our trading careers, and that we can act any way we want. What you realize quickly is that. The more structure you have, the freer you are as a trader. The less stress you you have, the less work it becomes when you have that discipline. So it, the structure is so important, and the the same uh, just as important as self discipline is self control. <laughs> if you see this uh, picture on this uh, on the video portion of this presentation, you'll see a picture of the Family Guy, and he's got a big button behind him with a sign above it that says. Do not push button. You know you want to, <laughs> right? So, do you have this self control? Number one, to stay out of the trades or you know not perform the behaviors you know you shouldn't be for, be, be performing. And number two, do you have the self discipline to be doing the things you need to be doing? That's maybe you know doing your research, researching your stocks, going over your journal, you know logging all your trades, whatever it may be. Those two things are so important as it pertains to. Peak trading performance. Next one, self awareness, and self awareness kind of comes in two in, in two um, uh, two uh, very important principles. And then the first part is the ability to have an accurate self assessment, and secondly, having strong emotional awareness. Okay, so self assessment simply means you know. How well do you understand yourself? How well do you truly understand your strengths and weaknesses, or have you simply covered over all your weaknesses? So that's what a strong self-assessment allows you to do. Is that allows you to be honest and allows you to, you know, create that continuous learning process because you're not afraid of of your weaknesses and you understand where you can get better. The second part is emotional awareness. All right, and emotional awareness is around 
how well you actually uh, can interpret your emotions, your emotional life, your, your inner life, your, your emotions. And there was a great article that came out uh, on Bloomberg, Bloomberg back uh, in November, maybe earlier, uh, earlier last, uh, last year in 2016, um, that came from a paper that was called Interoceptive Ability Predicts Survival on a London Trading Floor. And basically, um, the study was done by John Coates. He was the uh, author of another great book called The Hour Between Dog and Wolf. And what they found is that the most profitable traders were those traders who had the highest levels of what they call interoception. Simply, you know, it's a fancy word uh, to describe how well are you at judging or feeling your inner states. So um, if you have a, let's, you know, as an example, what they did in the study here is, how well were these traders able to able to notice their heartbeats? And what they found, you know, heartbeat without you know using any uh, measuring devices, just you know using uh, their levels of self awareness. What they found is that the best traders had the highest levels of of that kind of awareness. So you know it speaks volumes, right? Because you you can very well see that if you have if you're disconnected from yourself, then you don't know you know the 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 mass of 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 thoughts, sensations, and emotions that are running behind the scenes because you don't have a high degree of self-awareness. The more you understand yourself, the more aware of yourself, the more control you can have, um, the more management you can have over your over your actions. Okay, that takes us to the end of that category. So the final category now is around motivational processes. I'm saving this one last because this is probably the, the one that's going to give uh, you the most kind of... Um, takeaway as pertains to what you need to be doing to be able to sustain all these things for the long run. First off, in terms of motivational processes, great traders, those peak traders, have really great goal-setting skills. And so that means they have, you know, inside their development plans or inside their um, their processes or their habits, process-related goals, performance-related goals, and outcome goals. So all three of those goals. Now we don't have time to get deeper into goal setting today, but you know, outcome goal being, you know, let's say you want to make a certain amount of money a year. Performance goals being, you know, what is the qualitative um, aspect of that? So how well can you, how efficient can you be around achieving that goal, right? And the process is what physical steps, what actions you need to be taking, and how well can you follow those those processes? Okay. Nextly is positive self-talk. So you know, let me ask you, are you your biggest fan or biggest critic? Right? In trading, it's, it's a tough game sometimes. Right? It's very easy to personalize failure. Right? It's very easy sometimes to, to not be able to disassociate the trading from the trader. You know, I liken this to saying something like, you know, I screwed up on a trade. Or I'm a screw up because I screwed that screwed up that trade, right? So did you screw up or are you a screw up? Two very very different polarities there, right? And the the, the core of this is that you know most traders if they if they have good self talk it's because they have deep self compassion. They have compassion for for themselves. They have a bit of humor to what they do, right? It's not the end of the world. Yes, you make a mistake on a trade. We, everyone makes mistakes. Even the best traders in the world they make you know mistakes all the time 
Every single trading day, there's a mistake to be had. But can you take it in good humor, or do you make that a global assessment of who you are as a person? Right. So begin to cultivate that if you have if you struggle with that. I think a lot of traders do struggle with that because it's easy to be very hard on yourselves in this game. But guess what? Does it really help? That's that's the question you have to ask yourself. Does it really help you to beat yourself up and belabor your and sort of beleaguer yourself with uh, negative criticisms? Next point: passion for the game. All right. So you know, let's leave with that one quote there. I'll, I'll just kind of sp speed along a bit here now. Passion for the game is really ultimately what's going to drive you, you and fuel you for the long run. All right. This is where commitment comes from. If you don't do what you love, do something well enough to love what you do. So you may not love when you first begin, but you can fall in love with it. You may not love every aspect of trading, but there are certain elements that you can really, really begin to fall in love with that'll make every, that'll carry everything else forward. Because ultimately, if you don't have the passion for the game, you won't be able to sustain the required efforts that are oftentimes needed to get to the next level, to overcome that next hurdle to break through that next glass ceiling. It's only going to be the passion that's going to allow you to, to fuel your ambitions moving forward. Okay? So, in summary, you know, I gave you those uh, those five different categories of, of, you know, skills, traits, states, and processes. And I've hoped, you know, you found some of these useful and you've begun to measure yourself against some of these. Now, I didn't put in every single trait and, and skill, you know, that's uh, um, that I that I that I think is that are important. But I kind of capture, I think, and try to distill the essence of what I think is what I I've see a lot in the most in, in some of the best traders that I that, that I've come to to know and the ones that I've spoken to. And so I'll leave you with one final conclusion, and this comes from the principles around the science of the individual. This is a you know a, a new field that comes out of Harvard. And this really is going to, you know, and I've, I've talked about this previously in a, in, a, in a podcast, but the science of the individual allows you to take some of these ideas that I've, you know, shared with you in this presentation so far, this discourse. And, you know, maybe asking, well, how do I move forward with this? And I want to share with you these three principles because the, you know, at the end of the day, we're all different, right? So some of these things may resonate with you. Some of them, they may not. Uh, and that is perfectly okay because guess what? At the end of the day, we're all different and we will all be different traders. And that's also okay. And here are the three main things to keep in mind. Number one, talent is jagged. That's called the jaggedness principle. So out of all those things that we know we talked about in those five different categories, recognize that you're going to have, you know, a jagged profile as it pertains to your level of competence, competence in some of these areas, and that's okay. There isn't any single trader who has these things, you know, at a hundred percent, and no one's at a zero either, right? We're all different, so we all need to honor that difference, but recognize that, right? That sometimes we're different, and there's some areas that I could perhaps be improving on. Secondly, context matters. The context principle. Okay, so it's very important to, to recognize that. Yes, you know, I've talked about a number of of traits and states and processes and skills but it's important to try to work on these skills in the right context you know we talked about discipline as an example right I've talked about this before in other in other um, presentations and podcasts but discipline is an interesting example because 
You know, I see a lot of traders and they say, well, I'm not disciplined. You know, I just can't follow my trade plan. Um, I have I have problems, you know, keeping my stops or executing whatever that quote unquote discipline problem may be. But guess what? You know, and they and they label themselves, they assess themselves as being or having poor self-discipline. But guess what? That same person, that same individual, can wake up at five o'clock in the morning every morning, go to the gym for an hour, you know, get themselves ready, you know, send their family off to work or to school, and then get themselves to a you know to a trading desk to work, right on time and early. Can you tell me that person isn't disciplined? Sounds like they have a lot of discipline to me. It's just that the discipline changes based on context. So your behavior can change based on the context, and that's important to understand. So the way you train that behavior or that skill or trait, whatever you're working on, has to be specific to that context because a lot of skills are not you know, what they call transferable. So just because I can wake up in the, every morning at 5 and run a 10-kilometer run, that may not actually have any transferability to my ability to keep you know stops right, and take my stops when a trade goes against me. Right? There may not be any transferability there. So recognize that, that context matters. Okay? And lastly, the pathways principle. It's the last one I'll leave you with today. The pathways principles tells us that there are multiple ways or paths to get to the same outcome. Okay? This goes right back to what we talked about in the beginning. Trading is a journey, not a destination. And that means, you know, you know, they say all all roads all roads lead to Rome, right? But there are many roads. And so, you know, there isn't any single path that's the best path. It's all based upon you, right? Some uh, folks, you know, they, they had great paths. You know, they, maybe you, were, uh, you worked for an investment bank and you had the best training in the world. And others, you know, you're self-taught, self-learned, and you have to, you know, you have to honor that, that, uh, that dichotomy, right? There is no right or wrong way. It simply is. Okay, now what are you going to do with that, right? You got to honor your path. You can't wish things to be a different way. It's not, it is how it is, right? So honor your path. Um, recognize it that it, there's a strength there, right? And whatever path you, you're on. And then recognize that it's it's your path. And no one can tell you to do it differently. Okay? Because at the end of the day, no one can trade like you. And you won't be able to trade like anyone else because you're different. We're all different. All right. Well, I hope that helps. In conclusion, once again, we've went through a, a, a number of uh, of categories as it pertains to uh, performance in trading and I hope that you've learned to uh, gather some things that you'll be able to take back to your own trading so that you can begin to embody some of these skills yourself. been listening to the Trading Edges podcast. We've taken this interview and summarized all the big ideas so that you can take action. Just head over to the tradingedge.org slash podcast to find the show notes, transcript, resources, and to continue the conversation.